coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School, sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, we are back. It's old school real quick before the uh, UFC segment. Uh, old school is brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese and special ingredients, located at 84th and Havelock. Now, Kenny Wilhite, Kenneth, back to you. <laughs> you know, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Look, man, I don't, I, I'm just not understanding what, you, what game you were watching yesterday. The whole NBA is predicated on whether Anthony Davis decides he wants to play basketball or not. Last night he looked like he was disinterested in playing, at least up to his capabilities. And so as he goes, the Lakers go. Yeah. As the Lakers go, the NBA goes. I, we, NBA we, we said that. Wants Golden State and in the Celtics or the Lakers and the Celtics. We, we said that. The Lakers go AD. Lakers go as far as AD take them. We said that. He just It's just, it, 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 it's just mind-blowing that. He can act one one way in one game, then he can act another way in another game. You know what I mean? And we all see it coming, right? It's it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, you know the thing is, is that you know say that you know the game's forty eight minutes, so generally NBA games what an hour and a half, two hours, right? Yep. You can tell whether you can tell whether the Lakers are going to win or whether he's going to play bad the first two minutes. So I would ask him, like, man, you get prepared, you go to shoot around, you show up at the stadium. And then in the first two minutes, you might as well just go home. <laughs> you gonna send him home already? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't send him home, but it's like, why are you gonna waste time for another hour and a half knowing you ain't gonna play good? Because if it, if it's in the first three or four possessions and AD falling all over the ground and stuff, like you know, like his equilibrium off, it's not gonna be a good good uh, good game. And the Lakers actually tried to, and they were winning the first quarter, right? Yeah. So LeBron was playing well, and they they kind of picked up where they where they uh, left, left off. off. You know, it's two different things. It wasn't AD, but solely. But then he lost interest in the second quarter, and didn't take the, the you know the the full bottle horns to kind of give LeBron and and the rest of the team a break. But then also, what was different was um, like uh, you know Vanderbilt and those guys. You know, as far as when they were picking up that full court, you know they didn't they didn't realize how effective that was, or that you know that was you know. On, on step in the rhythm of, of Golden State's offense. You know, with Golden State, you know, they're, they're a very highly skilled team from a basketball IQ standpoint, shooting and passing standpoint. But what they do not like is to be uncomfortable. No. Nope. Uh, nope. You saw last year with the Celtics, you know, until uh, Williams got hurt, they were uncomfortable. Yep. And the Celtics really had always had control of the game. They had control of the first game last year in the NBA Finals. Uh, but they didn't know how to close out a game. And so – I think when the Lakers go back and watch that first game or the second game, you know, AD is always, you know, that's just a known. AD plays well, the Lakers' chances to win to go to like 85%. He doesn't, it goes down to like 45%. But when they look at the other intangible things that allowed them to essentially control the game from, you know, start to finish in the first game, it'll be, you know, the physical contact and the defensive intensity 
starting with Seth. And it doesn't normally, it, it doesn't necessarily have to show up in the defensive stats. You know where it shows up is when the Lakers are on the offensive end. So that's how they're able to get to the, the rim, the free throw line, uh, you know, to the magnitude of almost 30 free throw shots. And that's how you extend leads and then keep, you know, the momentum of the game. Because what Golden State wants to do is, you know, they know majority of the teams in the NBA can't shoot like them. So get the shooting contest. And then they get to run their sets and, and you know, make the extra pass, lay up you to death, hit open threes. Now you got Clay hitting. Then you got Steph hitting. Then you got the, uh, What's his face that came off the bench? He didn't even come off the bench. He came out of the parking lot. Dude ain't played in 12 games. He come out, he hit, he hit two or three threes. Uh, Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green. You know, um, yeah, and, 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 and so he hadn't played in like 12 games. He was a coach that for 12 games. He gets in there, and then Jordan Poole showed a little bit, and then everybody else kind of fed off of it with Looney being hurt. So, or being, uh, you know, I guess under Hobble. the weather. So. Yep. Yeah, you know, I think it's just one of those things that the Lakers need to get back and regroup. Um, and they didn't, they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, Austin Reeves was a little off as far as his defensive switches, which allowed Steph to get loose. Um, I think they'll tighten up, you know, tomorrow night. Gotcha. Hey, um, um, so Nuggets, Suns, and now you think Nuggets go up 3 I mean, uh, yeah, Nuggets go up 3 or Suns get one? Yeah, this is going to be uh, – hey, you know, listen – and I, I don't bet, but what I tell you, Nuggets gonna sweep. Get the broom out. They going down the Phoenix. They're gonna blow the. They're gonna blow them out. That's like, a big statement, because, Jay. Because Chris Paul, I don't know what he did. I, what was a rabbit foot gives you good luck? What right? you mean? Rabbit foot. Remember they said you you know have a rabbit foot and gives you good luck. Yes. Whatever he did, he must have got a crow's foot in his in his back pocket. <laughs> I ain't never seen somebody get hurt on, on miscellaneous injuries all the time. Now you have two weeks with a growing strain, and you didn't even do nothing. Freak so out. what that does is that, that, that hurts their offensive uh, yep. it you know, does. tempo. It does. It puts more pressure on Booker and KD without a facilitator. And Chris Paul sometimes can be really well, – not sometimes, he's really good uh, point, you know, point guard as far as like defensively. So – um, Andre Aiden, he's not an offensive threat. He's more of a kind of lob, put back, yep. in the 15-footer. Yep. But he can't create his own shot off the dribble. So now you're going to watch his offense. Now, the very, very isolation game. Mm-hmm. Well, that fits for, for Booker and KD, but nobody else. And so um, if, the, if the, the Nuggets come out with the intensity of or the intention of ending this series by, you know, all they got to do is keep it close in the first, second, and third quarter, and they'll end up trying to – they'll end up winning by double digits based on they have a deeper bench, more legitimate offensive uh, threats, and also they're playing way more efficient uh, basketball on the offensive and defensive end. And really what makes them better than version of, the, of, of themselves is their defensive intention and ten, intensity this year versus last year. They're, they've gotten a little bit more physical – um, they have a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't call it swagger, but they have a little bit more intensity. They, they definitely got a chip on their shoulder and they're playing with a lot of pride. Um, and it's showing up, you know, in these, in these, uh, playoffs real, real soon or real early. And I think it's going to be no different tonight against the, uh, the Phoenix Suns. This is where the Suns misses, miss, uh, Bridges. Yeah. This is where they miss you, him. You miss him because Chris Paul's because out. Bridges, 
but yeah, but see what Bridges could do, he can play. He can switch one through four. Uh, he's a little bit, he, you know, he's six foot eight. He could probably be a, you know, in certain situations, a, a, you know, a five. But what he can do is he can eliminate Jamal Murray. That's what I'm saying. You this know, is what they're going to miss him. Look at look, look at his matches matchups. He does really well against the Nuggets. And so they, they're missing that, but then they're also missing uh, Johnson and Bridges for in the sense of all. They, it's like they switched off games. As much as we talk about AD. Mm-hmm. Well, if you had another guy like AD for the Lakers, you'd be okay. Well, the, well, the Suns had Booker, Paul, and then one of those two, Bridges or Johnson, would always go off. Yep. Well, they they lost that, that that third you know power punch, and you see it in the offense. They look like they're really working hard to score points. Where in the last two or three years, they were actually looking like they were scoring with, with a lot of ease. Okay, Sixers, Celtics. Who who, who goes up two one? Uh, I think the Celtics are going to win. I think it was a valiant effort the first, uh, you know, game. But I just didn't like – I felt like both the Sixers and the Lakers lost, by you know, by wide margins. But I felt like the Lakers actually were still trying to play basketball. I felt like the Sixers, you know, won that first game and, were, and just willingly gave up that second game. And it didn't look like even the same team going to be back. I don't think – like I said, I don't think they have the leadership that's needed to bounce back from a you know big loss like that. But I also don't think they have the leadership to um, you know rally at home or to really take advantage of this one-one uh, record right now in the playoffs. I think they're going to end up losing this game. Um, maybe come back and win Game Four, and they're going to get closed out. And you know two games after that, so Phoenix. Can, I mean not Phoenix, but Celtics can be done with them in six games. Okay, I texted you this, but that what what's your opinion? on Harden going to Doc Rivers, asking him if he can go to Vegas before this series. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that, I mean, it's like, look, man, the, you know, the hardest thing for you know, anybody is, is dealing with success, right? And whatever, whatever you view it as success. James Harden viewed getting through a playoff series as success. Regardless if you have a couple of days off, you, you didn't play 82 game season, you're just in the playoffs, you know, you have your star, Joel Embiid, you know, potential for the MVP. Why in the world would you want to fly from Philadelphia to Las Vegas because you have a couple of days off? And let alone Doc Rivers, I don't care if Dennis Rodman did it or not. James Harden is a little older and not in as good a shape as Dennis Rodman. And he, he is expected to exert more energy than anybody on that team as far as handling the ball, uh, being off the ball, coming off screens and all that stuff, and the amount of dribbles he takes before he shoots. And, yeah, he played good in, in, in game one, and he showed some leadership. But, really, your true leadership is based on your actions, you know. And you, you, he could go, he could went to Vegas in the offseason. So, Vegas isn't, you know, going anywhere. And what was in Vegas that was so important that you need to leave during the playoffs? His buddy was going to break the all-time career tackles record. No, that's Kenny. See, Kenny wasn't even the king, man. Now, now, that would have been that would have been a good excuse. James Harden just went to party. You shouldn't have to need the party during the playoffs. And that that that's that's something that really really irks me because if you're really trying, if your main focus is to win a championship, that's got to be your focus. Win, yeah. lose, draw. If you're trying to win a championship. That's got to be – it's called making sacrifices. Like you just said, Vegas is not going anywhere. You can go to Vegas after either win the championship 
or Barkley and Kenny Smith will be saying go on fishing, right? If it's yeah. not if it's not a family emergency, there's no reason for you to want to go to Vegas du- during this time of the year when you're in the playoffs. Right. When you're trying to play for all yeah, the marbles. Yeah, it was a you know it was odd also with Doc Rivers. He should know the better, know better. Yes. Because, look, I mean Doc being Doc being under a little bit of pressure. You know, even as even though he's a world championship coach, you know he's had, he's had some good teams. You know, he's had good teams with the Clippers. He's had good teams with Philly. Um, and you know, but they're saying he can't win the the big one, right? And he can't get him out of the first round. Why would you, as the leader of the team, not? You know, temper that and say he couldn't go, or say I would prefer you not to go. Now, if he then that would put the onus on the player and say you went on his own, and then you could leave, leave it up to the team to find you, or you know, fake find you. Now you're looking silly, mm-hmm. and he's looking silly, and the news comes out after you just got beat by 40 points. And you know, I know it's the new NBA now to where when teams get down, I was reading a stat where teams get down by like 16 points because it's all based on analytics. And so, you know, whatever percentage it is that you might come back and win by a certain point in the game, if you haven't hit that checkpoint, they just kind of throw their, you know, hands in the air like, we're, you know, bump it, we're going to lose. So that's why you see so many blowout games in playoffs because it's a, it's a different way to load manage because if you get to a certain point, they feel like they're not going to come back. And so it's an analytics thing. But when you get beat that bad, even though it's on the road, it's hard to forget that considering that you had to work so hard to win the first game. So, you know, Philly is going up there expecting to play a totally different game for four quarters, where the Celtics has played the same game twice for four quarters. They just played better in the, in the second game than they did in the first. And so um, they learned from it. I don't know if Philly has the leadership, obviously, by James Harden, Atkins, and, and Doc Rivers, who, you know, I love, you know, but, you know, he's, I love him enough to tell him that wasn't a good job. I don't think their leadership right there is, I'm telling you, it's not equipped for the, the Celtics. They are next level, um, you know, leadership with Jason Tatum and, and, and Brown. Um, so you're saying Celtics in five? Celtics in six. Six? Celtics, well, I, six? My, I wouldn't be surprised in five, but the, the longest it's going to go is six games. Who you got, Austin? Over. Yeah, Boston in six. Boston in six. Boston in six, Golden State in six. I... Oh, Austin! See, uh, Austin, come on, man. What's wrong? See, Austin, I was I'm heading down to KC for basketball. I said, you know what? Austin loves the Royals. It's true. I was try to come back and bring you like a KC hat or something. See, I ain't doing that no more, man. Well, I nope. I would nope rather present for you, my brother. Well, I appreciate the thought. It's the thought that counts. The fact that you thought about it means the world to me, and I'd rather be right on my prediction. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. <laughs> Nuggets. Well, we're gonna see, man. We're we're, we're gonna, you know, Kenny. Well, since you already owe a burger, you know, then can I get, a, you know, can I get a homemade burger then when <laughs> when the Lakers beat Golden State? Bruh, you can get whatever you want, man. You can get whatever you want, Jay. <laughs> whatever you want. I want bacon on it though. You I want, want bacon and I want my onions caramelized. Oh my god, really? I don't even buy onions, so I don't eat onions. It's good for the heart, man. I'd rather die. Knock on wood. Just come yeah. to my funeral. Uh, I wanted to ask you this, guys. I know you guys, you, you have the UFC segment next? That's where we're headed, yep. Right. Okay, I wanted to ask you guys this real quick. Um, you see uh, 
Thorne went from Michigan State, went into the portal. Obviously, within 24 hours, uh, committed to Auburn. Obviously, that was the first place Casey Thompson went. Um, obviously, I think he jumped, you know, probably had two offers out there. Who commits first? You know, you know, you, know, you act fast, you act right. And but then the 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 sitting quarterback said he's not going anywhere. Iron sharp as iron. I wanted to ask, in particular, Kenny and Austin, you guys, with the thoughts on that, because part of the reason why you know it's well, it's, it's been assumed Casey's in the the portal because he didn't feel that he was going to have a chance to you know iron sharp as iron or really you know get a chance to win that spot. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, on on the Auburn situation or the Casey situation? Well, the Auburn situation. Well, I mean, that's just a kid willing to uh, bet on himself. Even though they're bringing somebody else in, he said, hey, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to fight. So it must have been communicated to him that both quarterbacks are going to be battling out for the number one spot. In Casey's situation, it may not have been communicated that way. Or it may have. We don't know. I think Auburn made the wrong choice. I think they let the better quarterback go somewhere else. That's what I'm going to say. I agree with him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I know Casey had, uh, I don't know if he tweeted out or whatever. It looked like he was down in Atlanta. So I'm assuming that might be Georgia Tech or who knows, you know. I'm only, just, maybe it was a connecting flight. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that where he goes. I assume, Kenny, you know, it's got to be within the next few days. Um, you know, because I'm sure his, you know, his phone's been pretty active, or I, don't, I doubt they call people anymore. They probably text them. But I'm pretty sure he's got some, you know, different offers to look at. And Casey's, Casey's a pretty thorough guy, uh, to where he wants to dive in and, and you know, get to the playbook and, and you know, establish himself wherever he chooses to go. And I, I think he's, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. He's not the type of kid that go on that's going to go on a worldwide, you know, transfer portal tour. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I saw some something about uh. Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic. where uh, Herman's at now. So it could be reunited oh, okay. with Herman. Mm-hmm. I just saw something about that on Twitter that has a possibility. So uh, that wouldn't be a bad spot for him either. No, it, look, it's a wide-open offense. Uh, you know, get to throw the ball. Yep. So get down there in uh, Boca Raton and, and uh, you know, it, like, you know he's light-skinned just like me. He's going to work on his, <laughs> on, his, on his stand. And Kenny's going to still be hating up in here. No, but, uh, he's never. Gonna go down there and build yeah. and, and, uh and be able to shine. Wherever he goes, he's gonna he's gonna be successful. You know, the biggest thing with Casey, he's gonna have to have, you know, the protection. Uh, you, you know, one thing about him, you never have to worry about him learning the playbook, and that's a that's a you know a coach's dream to get a kid that's coming uh, from the transfer portal that uh, will pick up any offensive scheme uh, rather quickly. Yep. Hey, another breaking news. You see, uh, Hustler's got a commit out of a legacy kid. Neil Smith, huh? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was kind of like a rumor, and then it, it's pretty good. I think he's more of a he was a wide receiver, and, not, and they're going to probably uh, transition him into like a tight end eight back right away, right? Yeah, um, you know, watching yeah. this film when I, I sat down with um, Mickey, and we watched this film, he was like, "He's a no brainer. He's going to be a guy that would you he, he probably can blow grow into a H back tight end slash you know receiver." Right. But uh, I was able to talk to uh, Neil. Yesterday evening, and yeah. he he was he was he was kind of torn. He, he was trying to get him to wait, not pull the trigger yet, just in case something right something else came along. But 
Um, he said he was going to let let it be his decision and then um, talk to his mom this this afternoon. And, and she, right. she she thanked me for all I did for him. And then uh, she said she was just going right. to let this be his decision. And uh, and he made that commitment and he made that uh, announcement. And uh, good news for the Huskers. Right, it is. And, uh, look, his dad's not too far. And then, obviously, you know, you got plenty of uh, – his black shirt brethren around to, to look out for him, and so yep. he's going to be well taken care of. I think the you know the good thing that when you talk about Neil and you know you know Neil Smith and you know and, and you know uh, Neil Smith uh, Jenny's mom a little bit better you know than all of us is that you know when a kid's ready to commit and he and he knows where he wants to go and let him go and that's what you want you yep. know yeah sure you know there might be another offer coming along but also I think he felt comfortable here. I think he's coming to play at Nebraska to play at Nebraska regardless of who's going to be the coach and. Um, the one huddle tape that I saw, I mean, you get a guy that has that athletic ability, but the attributes that Neil Smith had, the long arms, you know, the get off and all that, that's what, you know, I look for when he's going to be a tight end slash H-back, you know, the catch radius and the ability to, um, you know, excel. And also what people don't understand is that the fact that he grew up around the business, um, he'll make his transition even faster and he'll be able to do things and see things at a higher level than a normal, you know, 18-year-old kid that, you know, comes into Nebraska. So it's a it's good all-around, and, uh, you know, Nebraska's got to still recruit him because until they sign, there you, um, go. you know, people still come get him. And also, you know, there's uh, up at Westside, you know, um, DJ Rezac's uh, one of his sons, you know, is, he got some big-time schools uh, looking at him at Golden Domers in uh, Boston College. And so, you know, we've got we to gotta make sure we address that as well because, uh, you know, 6'4", 215, that runs, you know, 4'6", flat, 4'5", is a – uh, a little bit. It's not. It's not easy to come by. Though that that family has athletes, and yeah, I've no, that name has been out there for a long time. You know, we we weren't able right. to get, get a couple of the the older boys, but like you said, this one here, you you got you got to put some work in on this one. Jay, yeah, you, right, get, you, you got, got to because of the older ones, but it, you know, yeah, you get to come back at five, Jay. Yeah, I'll try to call back at five, man. You guys handle the USC. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm, I'm a USC fan, but I'm not a. We lost you. But the upside, you know, bar bar is all good. Good deal. Well, we'll talk to you at five, Jay. Uh, have a good, safe rest of your drive. Talk to you in a little bit, Kenny. I'll be back on the other side. Talk some UFC with the upside bar and lounge here on Old School.